Greetings, friends. This is Why Whiskey, a history podcast with a whiskey problem. Or is it a whiskey podcast with a history problem? We'll let you decide. Head on up to the bar, grab a stool and a drink, and let's talk. Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to Why Whiskey and the Bar of Questionable Life Choices. On tonight's episode, we're going to be talking about a secret CIA operation that involved drugs, Nazi scientists, sex workers, mob bosses, and a storyline snatched straight out of Hollywood. In the early 1950s, the newly founded CIA started an experiment to see if they could obtain mind control. Although shrouded in mystery, this program would be the catalyst that caused the nation to enact massive reforms to limit how intelligence agencies operated in the country. This operation was known as MKUltra. Joining me at the bar tonight, in person, the first for the new studio and the Bar of Questionable Life Choices 3.0, is a special guest who I've had the pleasure of working with for the last few months. He's an avid skydiver and subtle conspiracy theorist, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Jesse Norris. Jesse, welcome. How's it going? Man, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad I'm here too. Dude, this is awesome. I'm I'm stoked. I... So you you are the inaugural. Like I have to say first, which means I gotta I gotta buy a beer now. But like No, I think the whiskey suffices. So it's good. <laughs> <laughs> right on, dude. Right on. Welcome. So uh so before we get into the whiskey, before we get in the show, a couple things I gotta I gotta put out there real quick. Um first off, this this subject is huge like massively huge and there are so many facets and parts and pieces we are covering the big meat and potatoes of this i would encourage anybody that listens to please go ahead and just just look into some of this and take a couple of words that we say tonight and and see where they lead you and it's amazing uh the second thing i gotta say is john schools i i was a, a guest on his podcast and the subject was was this. Um, I was traveling for work at the time, and I did not do my due diligence in homework before I sat down and talked about this. I had no fucking clue how big this goddamn thing was. Oh, yeah. And uh, and Jesse is sitting here in the studio with his tinfoil hat on, which I, I believe to be valid. Mine, mine's sitting right here on the table next to me, just in case we we start getting weird audio things, you know, the CIA plugs into the conversation. But, right, uh, we got to protect ourselves one yeah, way or another. One way or another. Yeah. <laughs> we do it safe. All right, let's drink, man. So tonight we are starting off our, our whiskey adventure with uh, Jameson, their specialty series. This is the Cooper Crows. This is by their uh, their head Cooper, Jer Buckley. Uh, I don't know too, too much about this specifically. Jameson obviously comes out of the Middleton Distillery, Court County, Ireland. This is... Uh, this is one of three, so it's like the Blender's Dog, Cooper's Crows, and then I'm not sure what the third one is. 
but they are the the whiskey maker series pretty fancy so uh it's a little a little dry so kind of like a like a dry like red wine ish it has that nice irish whiskey kind of kind of cookie nose to it that just uh it's like a shortbread cookie you know what i mean now i must confess that i'm not a whiskey aficionado um a little more classy than that i am a malt liquor aficionado uh, my Colt 45 and Steel Reserve usually suffice as well, but uh, I'm willing to dive into whiskey for tonight. <laughs> All right, man. Yeah, this is good stuff. I like this. I like yeah, it was, this it was delicious. Yeah. yeah, I haven't touched it in a while, so I'm glad you uh, you thought to grab it. Yeah. That was awesome. For sure. For sure. All right, man. Here we go. MK Ultra. A lot of a uh, lot of names, a lot of dates, a lot of places and people. So I think where we need to start is actually in World War II. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So sure. World War Two happens. We win. Hooray! Go America. Um, we we then are on a mad scramble to gather up as much intelligence and people, ironically, that we can. So Operation Paperclip begins. Yep. Paperclip is basically uh, an operation for us to go grab scientists and all this stuff. Uh, Eisenhower, however, writes a very specific memo. And in this memo, dated August 30th of 1946, he explicitly states in paragraph number, let's see, paragraph two, section A, subsection six. Oh, nope, sorry, five. It says, persons proposed uh, to be brought to the U.S. hereunder shall be screened by the commanding general of USAFIT on the basis of available records. No person found by the commanding general of USAFIT to have been a member of the Nazi party and more than a nominal participant in its activities or an active supporter of Nazism or militarism shall be brought to the U.S. hereunder. Uh, paragraph 6 immediately after that says it's going to bring their families as well. Right. It's, so just for a clarification, like you and me didn't discuss this portion before this podcast, right? I, I thought this one uh, paragraph also stood out to me because of the word nominal, right? Normal, uh, normal Nazi, uh, you know, just actions. Like what is normal about Nazi actions? Like absolutely nothing, right? We, we fought and, you know, millions of people died over this. Like why are we bringing these Nazis back home with us? But that brings up a different question or a different point as well that, I'll allude to later. <laughs> and, and that's a great question. And even in this memo signed by the president appears to be superficial at best uh, because it's written with a caveat because it says, first off, that the general gets to this, you know, with with the records available. So this general, whoever that individual is, could say, uh, well, it, it gives him total plausible deniability. Right. You know, yep. uh, totally free and clear to to say, oh, I didn't know that they were a Nazi. My bad. Bullshit. Bullshit. There, there's no way. And they, they brought back they brought back Nazis. Right. Um, and none of them were charged with war crimes or anything of that matter either. Um, mm-hmm. One was almost, but he was acquitted immediately. Yep. I, I forget his name, but uh, I do remember reading that there was one that was had to go back to Germany to get tried for war crimes and was literally just like, nope, he's untouchable. He's part of paperclip. He's good to go. Yeah, they waved him off. Yep. Yep. No, I'm <laughs> – yeah. So let's – so, so Operation Paperclip is kind of the start to things. Uh, right before Operation Paperclip ha- or happens, well, right before the World War II happens, there is a, a discovery made in Switzerland, right? I think it's Switzerland. 
by a guy by the name of Albert Hoffman. Uh, he messes with some plants and some ergo, which is a, a mold that grows on, on like rye, or it, it's a fungus, excuse me, that grows on rye. And, uh, and he discovers the, the crazy trippy, also wonderful, so I'm told, drug of LSD. Oh, wow. So 1938 is when LSD is discovered, uh, which is interesting. Because uh, so I did an episode about uh, the Salem witch trials. Oh yeah, I was going to bring that up. Like that's pretty, uh, you know, ironic that we're here in Massachusetts or near the area of the the Salem. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's pretty trippy. It's pretty, but uh, Ergo is one of the what they kind of blame the whole thing for. Uh, not so much in America uh, as it was, but the the witch craze that bled into America uh, was more than likely caused by a season of of high rain, which caused this Ergo thing. So. You had a bunch of chicks just kind of tripping out and yeah. buzzing off of LSD, and they thought they were witches, which I guess uh, is a thing. I'm sure, like the you know the guys there as well, they're probably seeing some stuff, seeing their their wives <laughs> or daughters doing some stuff like, oh man, my my family's a witch, or that that you know that person over there, she's a witch. Let's burn her. Yes. Yeah, burn and, her. Uh, of course, my mentality, we know nothing about that for this past year. Um, no experience <laughs> with that whatsoever. None. None, <laughs> none at all. No witch hunts. <laughs> so. So here we okay. So we're kind of about all over the place. So thirty eight, we discover we uh, they discover LSD. Forty five, we kick off gathering up these uh, these German scientists. Uh, the the Ozenberg list that was the list that had all the scientists on. I, and I really don't want to get too too deep into paperclip because yeah. that's going to be its own show here in the near future. So yep. because it's it's deep. It's got there's a lot in there. At least as as far as I was reading, um, only a, a total of sixteen hundred approximately sixteen hundred people from Germany were part of Operation Paperclip, right? Um, this was done in August 1946, whenever they initiated this, right? Um, in Octo- October 1946, two months later, Russia did the same exact thing under a different moniker, uh, being Operation, I'm going to mess this up, but it's Oza via Kaum, something like that. It's in Russian, you know, translated <laughs> to English. Who knows what it is, actually is? But they, according to them, they took 6,000, of these Nazi scientists over to them, which were obviously different from ours, um, which obviously would kickstart uh, initially be the, the snowball going down the hill to lead to MK Ultra. Yep. And the, like the early steps of the cold war is, is now upon us. Yep. Right. So there's, and, and they kind of knew that. Uh, and that was what led the, the urgency or the race to kind of gather up as many, <laughs> grab as many German scientists as you can. We got to learn some shit. And, Again, I don't want to go too far deep. Well, I, okay, so I'm going to stop myself because. Uh, well, it's because you're not wearing your tinfoil hat. That's like, what it is. All right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're infiltrating my brainwaves. I'm trying to stop. <laughs> all right, so let's let's move on from paperclip. Uh, so paperclip starts, um, and then immediately the the follow-on project uh, starts in the early '50s uh, with Operation Bluebird and Arctic Choke. Uh, well, so it was it was Bluebird, and then it became Project Arctic Choke. The under uh, Richard Helms and uh, what was his name? Sydney uh, Bizzle. Okay. So they're they're kicking this all off. Alan Dulles is in charge of the now newly formed CIA. He's blessing off on on their their program. They go out and they find a guy by the name of Sidney Gottlieb. Yep. Who was a weirdo? Yeah, for sure. Uh, if you look him up a little bit too, he has an interesting history to how he, how he came there, right? Like his his actual name is not Sidney Gottlieb either. Nope. Um, I forget what his actual name is off the top of my head right now, uh, but he initially changed his name, um, like pretty early on in his life for whatever reason. 
Joseph Scheider. There you go. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's not a common thing for people to do to change their name, their birth name. Um, there's usually something deeply wrong. Like, you know, they feel there's something wrong with that name for whatever reason. Well, so he was uh, born to Jewish parents. He had uh, club feet. He loved dancing. So Kinzer writes. That, that doesn't add up, though. I know, right? Yeah. But I think it was because he couldn't dance. Because he had club feet. But he loved to dance, though. Right. Doesn't make any sense. It sounds like he was trying to dodge the war, in my opinion. Hmm. The way I was looking oh. at that's how I interpreted him having club feet and also dancing. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I am. Uh, I didn't even really put that together. But You're like, yeah, I'm a paraplegic, but I'm also a, an avid skydiver. Like, no, that doesn't add up. <laughs> <laughs> actually, actually, yeah, no, yeah, that's that's a fair point. That's a that's a good observation. He's a hippie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. like uh, hippies weren't a thing yet, but he's. He's got this this farm. He's a graduate of the was the California Institute of Technology and Chemistry, um, of an urban uh, California, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's got a farm where he raises goats with his okay. wife, I think. Right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So so he's and he meditates, right? He, like he's big into meditation, right? And so that's kind of where where Helms is kind of like, like like you know if they're looking through the resumes and they're like, we need a weirdo, we need a weird. There's our guy. We got yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. So they bring him on uh, in 51, he joins, and he takes over the chemical division of the technical services staff, uh, a division that he would end up actually uh, running eventually. So so now he's in, and uh, Arctic Choke kind of blends into MKUltra. Ultra, well, Ultra uh, be- starts off, and it actually encompasses Arctic Choke in it. And Arctic Choke was uh, where they were using drugs and the watch my finger what's the hypnotism hypnotism jesus christ to to see if they could control with prisoners right it's yeah i need to put the fucking hat on man (laughs) cia's got that fucking thing going right to my head i'm putting the hat on yeah all right right. sweet oh Oh, no jesus fell off (laughs) dude it's got like a point on it yes one of those uh uh legionnaires hats or some shit no no it, it, your, it, head's, it, your head's better shaped than mine. It, it, so the signal bounces off. Well, you also got a hat on as well okay. with your sports hat on. All right. <laughs> anyway. I'm just kidding. We're fucking with the tinfoil hats. It's a thing. So, and I, I totally lose my, my absolute train of thought. So MKUltra kind of kicks off. There's there's all this stuff going on. Um, and, and now it starts getting it starts getting deep. So LSD, they literally bought all the LSD. Yeah. Yeah. So from what I read... Uh, it was a pro- during that time, it was around $240,000 uh, in the world supply, the whole entire world supply of LSD they purchased, which I guess, like, with inflation and all that, it's roughly about $3 million um, worth of LSD. That's, that's how much they, they bought. And knowing LSD, it's it's a rather cheap drug. I don't know how, how it was back then. Um, obviously, it wasn't alive back then. but uh, And it's, inflation hasn't affected its cost at all, at least not today. I feel like if so, it grows, grows in mold, I mean, you could... Yeah. It's got to be pretty easy. You just go eat some fucking janky grass, and <laughs> you're tripping balls, right? Right. It, it was probably a substantial amount, though, because it wasn't really clarified how much, like no poundage or you know, no quantitative uh, amount in the yeah. report. I, I'm not smart on it, but it, it, it's like acid, right, where it's like on a paper or it's on some sort of substance that it like – Generally, carries. yeah. Yeah, generally you just put it on your tongue. It melts. It uh, gotcha. takes a little bit to, to kick in, but yeah. It's like those Listerine fucking yeah. things, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Ooh, that's weird. 
Yeah. I always felt a little bizarre after those. Just a record. I've never done it before. Yeah. <laughs> right on. I, dude, I'm, I'm so dumb when it comes to, to like drugs. I, I led a very sheltered life. Right and, like throughout high school and all that shit. So. Well, you're almost retired now. So, I mean, you'll balls a wall here pretty soon. No, uh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Well, you know, uh, if it's legal in the state in which I reside, I need to make sure I, I disclaim all this bullshit. Sure. You know, if it is legal to partake <laughs> uh, and it is not illegal for whatever job I happen to have, uh, I, I will probably experiment with uh, a little bit of Mary Jane sure. just at least to try it and, yep. because I, I've never tried it. But I think that would be like that would be as like scary as I go. I think it's I, honestly, man, that's, that's as far as you need to go. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're, you're good. It just makes you real hungry. Eat some, eat some snacks, and have a good time. <laughs> All so. right, well, I could do that. Booze does that too. So I, right something right. common. There we go. All right, so <laughs> here we go. So now we're we're working with LSD. Uh, they're they're working with hypnotism. They're literally trying to crack the code of people's brains, and they're doing this with prisoners at the time. Uh, they're doing this in they're doing this in Germany. Uh, eventually, the, the camps would actually move into Asia later on in the program. But initially, they're, they've got some of the, the prisons there in Germany. And they're also doing it at home uh, in a location that's personally connected to you, I believe. Uh, yeah, there's at least two areas. Um, well, first would be uh, an area called – there wasn't any experiences. As far as I knew, maybe I didn't read into it enough, um, but there, there's a fort – uh, near my hometown named Fort Dietrich. Mm -hmm. um, this is literally about 10 minute drive from my house where I grew up, like for almost what 21 years before I joined the army, right? Um, it's pretty notorious for being a biological uh, weapons warfare like center, right? Like every biological war warfare chemical is stored there, like yellow mustard gas, uh, sarin, anthrax, the whole nine yards is, is like just all incubated there and stored. So when you grow up in a place like that, they're just like, especially after 9-11, um, you know, it, tensions are high. Like, oh, crap, you know, we're next. It's literally just, they could steal all the anthrax and we're all dead, right? And it, it didn't help that, uh, I believe it was, I can't remember if it was like, it was shortly after 9-11, um, I don't know if you remember back to 2001, there was an anthrax scare. Yeah. So like a bunch of politicians, uh, I think it was like 22 or a little over 20 uh, different mail or I guess envelopes got sent out and uh, <clears throat> they all had been laced with anthrax and they're like well, where the heck did this come from um, and later like much later they found out that it came from Fort Dietrich and when they pinned the dude supposedly that was responsible for it right he offed himself he killed himself he's dead so it was never resolved whether or not he did it or not it was never tried it was just somebody came out and was like yeah he did it you know and they're like oh he instantly was dead which is like weird but the one thing that that, that isn't really uh, spoken about around town is the fact that Operation Paperclip, uh, the, all, all the Nazis, when they were brought uh, back to the U.S., initially were brought to uh, Fort Detrick to teach the CIA about uh, sarin gas and torture techniques with using biological warfare or biological chemicals, which I like. It blew my mind whenever you sent me that article. I was like, what? I was like, how did I live in a town for over 20 years and never know this? So, <laughs> Where I think as we go along, we're going to see why that is and there's there's a whole lot of things that happened that a lot of people uh weren't aware of didn't know of uh, and i'm i'm new to this as well i like it was uh this isn't something i've been studying for a long time there's a lot of folks that have that, that have looked uh, much farther into this again kinzer wrote this entire massive book called poisoner in chief about Sidney gottlieb and his life and um 
uh, a little little janky on some of the sources, but uh, but gives you a really good kind of overview of of really how deep this went. So we're in the 50s. We're kicking off. We're getting deep, and Gottlieb is unchecked. He's he's kind of given this this you know the keys to the kingdom, and there ain't nobody looking down on him. Uh, so so now he's starting to get a little bit more bold, a little bit more brazen, and then there's a retreat with a bunch of CIA dudes, where he drugs them, gives them all small doses of LSD, without them knowing. Yeah, that's so, that's some shit. So there's another uh, I brought up right before the podcast. Uh, this retreat that they went on was in a place called uh, Deep Creek Lake. Um, you can look it up online, Google it. Like it's one of the most beautiful places that I've ever been. That I've been to. Over in Europe, I've been to the Middle East. I've been West Coast, you know, Midwest, East Coast. I've been all, all around the world. And this is still probably one of the most beautiful places I've ever been in my life. Granted, it's still Maryland, so it's it's a crap state. Uh, don't ever move there. The taxes are insane, and they're not worth it. But um, I, I've been to Deep Creek uh, several times, and I initially, when I started this journey in the Army, uh, my end goal was to retire there at Deep Creek Lake. But uh, getting back to Olson, uh, yeah, the, the, it was Olson. He was a... a biologist if i'm not mistaken yes and also eight others but they weren't specified who the eight others were but i'm sure they were along the lines of being a scientist in some uh, sort of fashion but unknowingly uh gottlieb he drugged them with lsd and after the they started hallucinating that's when he confronted them like all right i'm pretty much doing experiments on you guys uh let's see how you react yeah and then he he locks them down for a period of time to see how things go and Olson has a major issue with this. Like he kind of he totally freaks out, uh, and then he starts having like residual issues, like fog, and starts uh, talking a lot about the things. So the CIA is kind of like, we got to shut this motherfucker up. Right. So uh, they bring him down to New York City uh, to meet not a medical doctor, right? Yeah. The, and that's that's where it, this story kind of gets me a little. Uh, I, I raise an eyebrow on this one because they pull him down. He doesn't see a medical doctor. He took a substance, a chemical substance, and he goes to a psychiatrist. Yeah, and this is a substance that's like fairly new, like a, right. you know, to mankind as far as we know, right? According to history, um, and like the effects aren't known, and that's pretty much why Gottlieb is doing this in the first place. But is it morally ethical? I mean, that's the question it brings up. Obviously, uh, no. It's a resounding f and no, but. <laughs> oh hell no, no, and then and, and that just leads to the whole thing. So uh, Olson then goes back to his hotel room, and uh, he's got his his partner there, and they're in the you know the tenth floor of, of this hotel, and all of a sudden at like two in the morning, uh, he allegedly uh, suicides himself. Quotation marks. Yeah. <laughs> Quotation marks. Air quotes. <laughs> if, if we were a video podcast, you could see the the fingers but so he legit according to the cia uh commits suicide yep and that that is contended uh well, that's another quotation marks right there according to the cia correct yeah so initial the initial report was that he killed himself but then when the like when they go back and they look if if he was uh as messed up as he was there's some like physical limitations to what he could have done to throw himself out of the window the dude was sleeping in the room with him the guy was like sound asleep, didn't hear a thing. And then all of a sudden, his roommate just literally just runs and slams through the. Anyway, a lot of lot of janky shit. Yeah, he gets re- that that situation gets mildly resolved, and we're going to talk about that uh, later on when we we talk about how 
uh, MK Ultra kind of came to a close, and then the final, the the big push by um, the president to kind of like figure out what the fuck was going on. Yep. Um, so this is uh, this is in '53. This happens in November of '53. He falls to his death. Frank Olson falls to his death, and uh, and so and now now that kind of raises some eyebrows. And there's this big, uh, well, no, not yet. Excuse me. That's in '57. So '54 comes around. So the year later, that's when we start Operation Midnight Climax. Oh, nice! Hell yeah! So uh, it's probably the best part of this. Honestly, <laughs> the best best part of MK Ultra. That's the only good thing that might have came out of it. So talk to us about it. What's that, like? Uh, give us the rundown. Uh, so pretty much, Gottlieb and his his thugs uh, went around and recruited uh, prostitutes, hookers from the street, um, and also. Uh, generally men that would be uncomfortable talking about uh, their sexual activities with, with other people, and he wanted to test LSD on them to see if that would make them or coerce them into speaking about their, their acts, right? And uh, initially, I guess it started off small scale, right? They started off in a place called The Pad, somewhere in New York, right? Yep. And then it, it finally transitioned to uh, a brothel, full-fledged brothel over in San, San Francisco, uh, where they started videotaping everything going on, so they had documentation. But obviously the problem with this is that you're now creating evidence of your crime, of doing this against people against their will or their unknowingly it's happening to them, right? And uh, I, I believe it, 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 uh, it was met with some relative success for what he wanted for this purpose, with them being able to uh, speak more freely about what they were doing. Um, if I'm not mistaken, it did uh, drop the in, uh, the inhibitions, right? right? And they they saw uh, a lot of different weird things. Of course, most of the the information about all this doesn't uh, exist anymore. So you're going off of like second and third hand accounts. But Midnight Climax kind of, you know, it <laughs> it's a ridiculous name, dude. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, you know, it, they were they were seeing that the drugs definitely loosened up, but it it didn't get them. Uh, the what they exactly they were looking for and that magic pill that they could slip somebody and say you know now you're going to tell me everything they could they could get people to loosen up and and share you know uh in the the sexual side of things some some darker you know weirder shit but you like i said it was it was mainly just an inhibitor dropper and like these (laughs) it's crazy to think that the government actually hired sex workers (laughs) so uh, good on them. I mean, you know, hey, hey, put put into nation to work. Man. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> some some stimulus there. Exactly. <laughs> no COVID uh, back yeah, then. Everything's uh, good. Yeah. No, <laughs> immediately, I mean, you know, we start talking about sex, and I'm 12 years old. I'm like, he said stimulus. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking whatever. Uh, so so this is happening, and these these workers are now they're not like grabbing like CIA people. They're going out into bars. Yeah. And grabbing just totally random people, yeah, you know, seducing them, bringing them back. Some of them are taking them the the drugs beforehand. Some of them are taking them after. Some of them know about it. Yeah. Some of them don't know about it. And uh, and the whole thing is 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 pretty bizarre. No names, obviously, associated. Well, yeah, of course not. Right, uh, which is unfortunate because that would be that'd be some fucking that'd be a good story to hear. Yeah, for sure. You know, from from the actual workers. So in these houses, in these safe houses, were these giant mirrors. That were two-way mirrors where these the CIA dudes would go. Gottlieb himself would go and 
observed the scientific experiment. Right. Well, I'm sure um, they weren't just observing the experiment. I mean, oh, it's motherfucking. This is before, this, this is before internet, exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> this, is, this is real life porn. Yeah. yeah. For free. For free. <laughs> well, it's it's said in a couple of the the different parts and uh, articles that I've read. All of the articles, by the way, that uh, we're using to talk about this will be listed in the show notes, so you guys can go see and read everything. Uh, we'll try to cite everything as we go along, but there's a fucking ton of it. So. If we do, if we miss the actual citation, everything that we have used and have looked over will be in the show notes. So anyway, back to this. They ended up uh, like they would sit there with martinis and sit martinis and watch these encounters, and and it ended up becoming this this weird funky gentleman's club. You know what I mean? And and it just got and that that happened more in San Francisco. So I I think the legitimacy, if you can even say that that. Operation Midnight Climax had legitimacy, right? If it had any, it was in New York. But when it goes to San Francisco, it's literally just the gentleman's club and you're freaking, it's porn in real life. Yeah, I want to say one of, uh, I forget the name off the top of my head, but I know uh, Gottlieb, one of the, because Gottlieb wouldn't go out and actually recruit the the hookers or the men himself. He'd have his stooges go out there and do it for him, right? Mm -hmm. Or his thugs. And uh, they said after a while, because this went on for a long time, Right, it, it felt more like Gottlieb what, didn't even care about the experiment more. He just wanted to get laid. That was it. Yeah, <laughs> he wanted to partake in the action and just do drugs and bang hookers. Man, that was it. The American dream, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and and have the government pay for it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, and that's, no consequences. So so all of this is kind of going on, and uh, there there is uh, an eyebrow raised in in 1957. The inspector general comes in. And does, you know, people are, there's, there's talk. And, and the, it started with the whole Frank Olson incident. And, and so now they're coming in, the IG comes in, and they do this whole great big report. I have, I was able to find like two pages of this report. Dude, yeah. That's it. And I think there's a total of 14 words on the fucking report. Nice. Uh, yeah, and, and when you it? have to go, I'm looking when, at it now. Like, yeah, I haven't when, seen this before. This is pretty nuts. When you have when you have to go to a website called the Black Vault, um, I always get nervous because well, it's, not, it's not the dark web, you know. Uh, you're good. Right, right. <laughs> I, yeah, and it's open source, so I shouldn't be too afraid. But anyway, so here's the IG inspection report. Uh, you have the header. Uh, it's all now. Remember, you're in the 50s, so there's like <laughs> Jesse's putting back on the freaking helmet. <laughs> Um, and, and then it's all typed off, you know, it goes, uh, influencing human behavior and it kind of has this really just general broad view of things. Um, this report, even there's been recent, as recent as I think 2016, there's been uh, FOIA requests for this report and those requests are, have been denied. Now, whether the report doesn't exist anymore or whatnot, but like you look hard enough, you can always find something and, I got to be honest with you, I did not pull this off of a government archive. So um, what I believe to be or what is being presented to me as the right. IG report, I'm going to believe that this is it. This right. Somebody got a copy from somewhere. Right. Um, but again, uh, the source is, is eh. But, uh, no, but, it, but it, has, it has all the, this, the parts and pieces in there. Um, but when it starts getting deep into the subject names, locations, all that stuff, it's heavily, heavily redacted. Yeah. Um, but this report ends up getting shelved. Uh, they they do the report. They find out that they're doing their you know people are they're feeding drugs to people unwillingly, and it's not just here. It's also happening uh, military wise. Right. There's army folks doing this too. Right. It's happening in over like well it's it's happening in areas that aren't uh, 
being like there's absolutely no jurisdiction or any kind of accountability like over in Germany and Japan where the, the countries that we just defeated in World War II, right, and we're occupying now and well still to this day, right? But like, you know, that they, they could go, you know, balls of the wall while they're over there, do whatever they want. Like without if no like, you know, curtailing or like going around the corner but like, you know, looking over your shoulder. There was there was no fear of that. So yeah, they went uh, they went pretty crazy over there. And a lot of that has to do with, with Alan Dulles uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about a little bit later about you know who said go because that's that's important uh, because somebody somebody had to say hey this is what we're going to do and here's the plan and then we start getting into it mm, nobody said go yeah uh, but Im- and, implicitly right and nobody or, said well no, explicitly let me say that well, no, more important nobody said stop I mean like that's that's the real thing like you know true yeah true. So we're moving into the 60s now. Uh, in March of 1960, Eisenhower uh, approved a CIA plan to overthrow Fidel Castro. Now, this is where we kind of see a shift uh, in Gottlieb's role. So he kind of starts pulling away from MK Ultra. although MKUltra, facets of MKUltra are still going. Gottlieb now kind of becomes, how do we use these drugs that we have to uh, usurp other governments? Right. I mean, like that. Not so much the LSD, but uh, <clears throat> more or less the biological chemical warfare agents from yeah. Fort Detrick. Well, they were going to use the LSD for like a, a psychological operation. There was like a, they were going to put it like in his shoes and uh, like to make him to make him crazy, so they could take him out of power. It right, wasn't also they were. They were I, did, I can't remember if they did it or not, or if they're planning on doing it because they didn't really specify. But uh, I've heard from I'm, I was watching a bunch of stuff today, right? And uh, I believe they tried spraying a, a newsroom over in Cuba with Fidel Castro and overthrowing him, and uh, it, it didn't go well at all. Like it, in our favor, I mean, like as far as like it, it didn't stop communism in Cuba, obviously. No, and obviously the the whole plan it just kind of faded. And then when you start getting into uh, you know like the Bay of Pigs and that whole operation that just went to shit, uh, that didn't go well either. And that actually uh, that whole scenario ends up leading to Alan Dulles getting pulled and uh, getting cut out and then his replacement <laughs> give me just a sec here all right so whoever took over for dulles uh has a, a much more strong kind of like grip on on right. things right so uh once we see that happen then mk ultra just kind of kind of ends up fading and Gottlieb goes all the way into just uh he's actually now he's the head of the tss he's running the whole show uh, Ultra still kind of in the in the wings, but it's not as active anymore. It's not doing quite quite as much and in depth. They actually, at this point, I think they've moved into the Philippines. Right, uh, Philippines and was it Guatemala as well? I think so. Yeah. So, so before we move on to like at least first timeline, it goes uh, one thing that like so this whole whole time I've been like reading this like uh, so Ian sent me a bunch of of these links and I've been reading them and trying to absorb them and all that and trying to wrap my head around them because this is very serious stuff if it happened, right? Because you always have to be incredulous about whatever is being presented to you. Is it true? Is it not? Um, and it's up to you to decide whether or not it is true, right? I mean, like, we're still facing that today. We're in the midst of an, an information war right? as we speak. That's exactly, that's where we are is in 100% information war. But uh, the one thing that I, like I said, I didn't laugh the whole entire time. I was reading this and just getting absorbed in it. I I started cracking up when I read this one thing. So uh, while MK Ultra was going on, um, <clears throat> it, it wasn't just they're using on the citizens; they're also using them on themselves. And they did it 
unknowingly to themselves too. So literally you'd have, you know, uh, Brian next to you over there, part of MK Ultra, and you just slip him a LSD thing and he wouldn't even know. And it got to the point where like they're like legit going crazy with an MK Ultra because like they just they don't know when they're getting, like are they hallucinating or are they not? They had no idea what was going on at all times. And I was like, that's amazing, dude. That's just power. That's just anarchy. That's exactly what it is. It's complete anarchy. And you wonder why people would still go to work there. Yeah, exactly. You know I mean? They're like, hey, watch out for Sydney. He likes to push it in your drink. Right. It's some like, crazy fuckers. What the fuck? Yeah. 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 <laughs> and you know, you could almost see it happening like a, you know. Like the you know the, like the towel game you know where you're like yeah. in the locker room you snap each other with towels or some shit or yeah. freaking you know you're you know initi- or you're oh what's the word I got to be careful here I can't say uh, the H-A-Z I can't one? say hazing right because hazing's bad uh, you're you're initiating <laughs> yeah you're you're welcoming a new person into your area of work by taping them from you know toe to toe to head with that never happens at Riggerfield I don't yeah, talk no, about I don't know it's it's legend um, but. Uh, but yeah, so so you would think that you know, because there's definitely dudes like us in the CIA. There's definitely dudes like us uh, in this program. Uh, so what's <laughs> there? Hey, that's the new guy. We'll give you a double hit. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? And then they just watch fucking Johnny, the the new intern. You know, trip balls for fucking nine hours. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's for it's for just and, but like it wasn't like a one time thing either. Like this continue like for years. You just yeah. like they're just working here and like oh, oh I'm tripping today maybe or not like dude it's just it's insanity. I think it was 12, 12 or thirteen years total. Uh, it went it went through and uh, MK Ultra went on and the little sub projects inside of it. And there's there's a ton of them and uh, we're just, like I said we're just gonna we're we're kind of broad stroking the whole thing but uh, but yeah there was there was a lot of different little little sub projects in there and uh, so at one point in time they actually had to let the FBI know when they started uh, getting into some of the, the government overthrow programs and because those involved, those involved mobsters that were actually on the FBI hit list. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. so they get yeah. involved with, with some, some legit fucking gangsters. Dude, and, these guys were out of control, man. Yeah. Doing whatever they wanted. To do. Yeah. And well, what's crazy is now they, so they got to let the FBI know because the FBI is about to go bust these guys down. And, well, no, Hey, give me a sec. Yeah. <laughs> like, we need these two guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, what do you mean? No, these guys are going to prison for the rest of their life because they're bad dudes. Well, just wait one second. <laughs> you know, we got and uh, the one guy uh, they he was in prison, uh, and he knowingly uh, Whitey Bulger was his name. Yeah, Wh- Whitey Bulger, which he was uh, Whitey's not even his name either. That, that's a that's a nickname. It's another moniker. His name, I think his name was like James or something. And like, uh, so I, I think it was the CIA or the FBI. One of them gave him that name as Whitey and he hated it, right? And it, it just stuck, right? But <laughs> like he was thrown in uh, prison for, um, was it armed robbery initially? I think so. Yeah, it, it wasn't like anything heinous like murder, but he was part of the mob and all that. So I'm sure, sure he was wrapped up in it somewhat, right? But the uh, dosed this guy, MK Ultra dosed Whitey for 18 months every day. 18 months against his will to see what if they could break a man's psyche, right? And they did. They, and like, I, I'm sure there's some kind of plea deal in it as well. Um, where like, hey, if you, you know, if you work with us, blah, blah, if you just show us, hey, we'll, we'll get you your pardon for life kind of thing. No, F that. The after he, he started going in, obviously, eight, eight, every, every day for 18 months, LSD, tri- just tripping your fucking balls off, you know, 24 7 pretty much. Um, you're going to go a little crazy, right? If not totally batshit insane out of your mind. Um, instead of like, you know, trying to pardon him, like trying to help him out, whatever, they sent his ass to Alcatraz 
and let let him there. Like like what? <laughs> I would I would think you know hey man after you do this stuff for us we're gonna give you you know awesome accommodations this beautiful white padded room we're gonna give you right. a nice jacket yeah. where you hug yourself all day <laughs> you know like <laughs> but no no we're gonna send you to straight freaking you know taking it in the freaking rear end <laughs> prison <laughs> where you're you're uh, you know that's that was bad but there's there's that and that was that that they had to bleed into. Uh, the FBI and the FBI was doing some sketchy shit at the same time. Um, I was it, uh, man. I'm gonna fuck this up. I think it was. Uh, I well, I have the report that we're gonna look at later, uh, and it's in there. It's something Delta. So uh, it, it was MK Delta as well. But I didn't really look to what MK Delta was, but it was called MK Delta. Was it? Yeah. Okay. So the not the, as cool as Ultra though. No, no, because yeah, it's the FBI. <laughs> it's the FBI man. are lame. Right. Right. <laughs> As my computer screen blinks. Yeah. Yeah. It's the FBI joining the conversation. <laughs> They're all here. My NSA guy on the other side of my camera is going, Jesus Christ, Ian, shut the fuck up. First he's, Amendment. He's gotta do he's, he's gotta do some some stuff. So so we're we're rough. So we're gonna cover the seventies real quick. Uh, okay. in just a timeline overview, but we're gonna get like deep into the seventies here because it's kind of where this whole thing comes about. So in sixty seven so Gottlieb takes over the technical services staff until he retires in 1973. Also in 73, shit gets super weird after the Watergate scandal. Yep. Richard Helms is still around. He literally nukes everything paper on paper about MKUltra. Or so he thought, most of it. Well, most of it, yes. Yeah, because yeah, there was some other stuff. like, And I guess they found documents like behind drawers and shit and desks that, that and it was like it was uh it was labeled incorrectly and it was like filed in like financial cabinets within yeah. the cia and right it was, it was about mk ultra though so it's like I, I, you, you mix lsd with like logistics it's not going to work sorry <laughs> <laughs> that literally probably the entire file is filed under freaking you know some other bizarre thing it's still yeah. probably there they just yeah. nobody some dude in you know, 10 years from now is going to be doing a archive freaking audit and literally find everything because they were high as shit when they put shit away so Gottlieb leaves they destroy all the things and that that creates a kind of a stir also what's happening at the same time uh Frank Olson's son is saying not no but all hell no and he starts kind of getting he starts pushing the issue about hey I y'all killed my dad yeah you know and and so with all of this kind of happening and and this is where in 74 now uh a guy by the name of Seymour Hirsch writes this big article and totally puts the CIA out on blast. Says, hey, y'all are doing some bad shit. Here's what you're doing. Um, and that leads to the Rockefeller Committee, which right. really doesn't do much. And then that rolls into the Church Committee, which is literally the whole great big, they do the Church Committee report, which is kind of like the end-all be-all to this particular program and that kind of ends in 75 we're gonna we're gonna talk about this a lot okay. here, here uh, a little bit later yeah that led into the the freedom of information act as well right about this right uh i think that was before was it before yeah okay. i'll be mistaken yeah so I, it was I, I think that happened beforehand uh because i think there was a FOIA request put on in the 70s for order for that stuff hmm. so but uh we'll we'll validate all that so what we're gonna do right now uh my my glass is incredibly empty so uh, so we're going to keep going with the MK Ultra thing. We've got a lot more a lot more rabbit holes to put down or to, to dive down, and we'll uh, definitely get a, another time or two with the tinfoil hats. So we're going to take a break. We will be back momentarily. Hey, 
Hey, y'all. Hey, it's your girl, Tamara Dawn, host of Tamara Till the Break of Dawn podcast. Now join me every Thursday on your favorite podcast platform and hop on my train of thought as I talk about the foolishness I'm going through and the ways I'm trying to grow. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Tamara underscore the underscore Dawn. Now, every other letter is an A in Tamara, but make sure y'all check me out every Thursday on your favorite podcast platform. All right, welcome back. We're talking about the CIA program called MK Ultra and the monster that was encompassed in all of this and all of the the craziness that happened that sounds like it's just this bizarre fucking movie right and actually there were movies made two or three I think Manchurian Candidate was one uh the men who stare at goats yep. uh were all based off of the the MK Ultra program so we talked about the timeline and I know we rushed over some things right there at the before the break but we're gonna we will get to those I promise uh so let's talk a little bit right now about the key players and and some of the folks that are there because we've thrown a lot of names around but we actually like who they were what they did and and all of their their stories so alan dulles was the leader like he's the head of the cia he was appointed like when it was before it was actually the cia and then it became the central intelligence agency and then he gets put into into charge and then he's he says yeah let's let's roll on this this uh, psychosis thing and there was this event in Russia that led to uh, led to them getting uh, or starting the program, and that was uh, there was uh, somebody was about to testify in a oh, man. My my history is shitty on this, so this guy's about to testify against the Russian government, okay. and he shows up at the the courtroom, looks like he's been beat to shit, and then literally admits to oh, everything. Right, it was the it was the Austrian uh, prime minister or. Some some kind of head head guy in Austria, pretty yeah. much, right? And yeah, yeah, he showed up to court and he was just beat the shit, and then he just pretty much like robotically testified to something that wasn't true or wasn't what was normal for him to to act like. Right. Yeah. No. He and it was completely out of character. So they're like, all right, so, so they and then somebody who had been so adamantly against whatever the 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 charge was for now just to show up and be like, yes, I did it. And was yeah. kind of like robotic in nature, so they they yeah. assume that there some was parallels. some yeah some some mind control things going on. Yeah. And Cold War, they had to they had to keep up. Right, some some parallels to uh, recent times, though. How so? <clears throat> with uh, what's happened, what's you know happened over the past couple of days mm-hmm. uh, with with Trump's address. Uh, and you know, I am a little bit of a conspiracy theorist. I don't, have you have you watched that that address by Trump? I watched it live. Did you, okay. Have you watched it again on YouTube? No. Go watch it again. Uh, look at where his neck hits his uh, collar on his shirt. Um, obviously, the great Luke Skywalker uh, just came back in an episode, <laughs> and he was much younger than what he, he, he actually is in real life, right? Obviously known as a deep fake, right? And that's getting better and better. Uh, Technology 4 is getting better and better every year, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a little odd. If, if you look at it, like it, it, it looks weird. I'm not saying it is that. All right, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying definitively that's what it is. I'm just saying, you know, speculate on it. You know, look at it. You know, come from a objective point. If you don't look at it, or if you don't think it's there, then you know whatever. I'm crazy. 
it's all good. But when I looked at and also look at his mouth, uh, obviously Trump has a weird way of pronouncing words. He's, he's really uh, animated with his how he pronounces his vowels, right? Very open mouth. Um, the way he pronounces some of those words, look at his, his mouth versus what he's saying. Um, there's a couple discrepancies in my opinion. Hmm. But anyway, like it, I, just, I drew some. Yeah. Parallel, that's why, like I said, it's been it's been a little hard to sleep the past couple of days because of the, these parallels between what I was reading now and you know what's going on right now. Yeah, I uh, there's a lot of folks in in my my podcast community that are are making a lot of a lot of statements and and saying a lot of stuff, and and I support them, and and that's that's great. I I have to take a time out with that because. Yeah. Um, me personally, right? Uh, I'll, I'll talk about it. That's fine, but it's it's one of those deals where, uh, in order for me to look at something objectively, like right now, I am I am totally emotionally involved in the event. Yeah, um, I think we I watched, all, think we all I watched country, my yeah. my capital get you know taken over, and yeah, that, yeah, was, sure. that was that was tough. It was that, that yeah. fucking sucked. Yeah. Uh, by a bunch of knuckleheads taking selfies. Jesus it, fucking Christ. Anyway, so so I'm once I can kind of sit back and, and not be emotionally compromised sure. uh, by the events and, and kind of dig in. But yeah, that's, I will absolutely go back and because I watched it live and I remember thinking live, like, man, shut the fuck up. Oh, nice. stop. Yeah. His voice is just annoying. stop. It's a little annoying. Oh yeah. God. It wasn't his voice. It's like, anyway, I, I, we're, I dude, I will, MK de- Ultra. I will derail fast yeah, yeah, yeah. as fuck. On Heck this. yeah. That's all I've been doing uh, all day is yeah. derailing in my own head. So yeah, <laughs> yeah that was, that was a, yeah, dude, I, I left work like immediately. Hey. I was like, I got to go home. Uh, I, I need to be home because this shit's getting weird. No, yeah, yeah. And, like, uh, alarm bells went off. Yeah. Uh, I think everybody had the panic mode. Like, all right, what's what's happening? Yeah. What the fuck is happening right now? Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty bizarre. <sighs> M couch. Hey, you know what we do? We totally fucking skip talking about the whiskey. So uh, we're on whiskey oh, number two. We're drinking uh, Jack Daniel's single barrel select, forty seven percent ABV. Uh, it's fucking badass. It's ninety four. Yeah, dude, it's it's. I'm I'm not a big regular Jack Daniels fan. Like their Black Label, I I'm not at all. But this is it. Just tastes clean. Their barrel proof is so like the it's stronger. I like barrel proof whiskeys. So it oh, it's, it's good shit. I love I love their single barrel. Like I said, I'm not a, a whiskey aficionado, but uh, I I think I like that better than the Jameson. So yeah, yeah, for sure. It's very different. Yeah, yeah for sure. Very very different. Yeah. So they use Tennessee whiskeys. They use the uh, the double mellowing process. That's why it's. Um, it's the Lincoln County process is the official name uh, to be called the Tennessee whiskey. The distillate has to go over uh, maple charcoal twice. So it gets like charcoal filtered. They call it mellowing. So it goes over that twice. Nice. And then it goes into the barrels and then comes out as this lovely shit that we're, we're drinking right now. So mm. yum. So Richard Bissell, let's talk about him. We talked about Alan Dulles a little bit. Uh, we talked about when he left and why he left. Things didn't go real well with the assassination attempts. And it looked really bad, and so he got sent on his way. So Bissell, he was the head of the Directorate for Plans, uh, an organization instructed to conduct covert anti-communist operations around the world. He made full use of Gottlieb's abilities. The Directorate for Plans was responsible for what became known as the CIA's Black Operations. This involved a policy that was later to become known as Executive Action. Executive action was the plan to remove unfriendly foreign leaders from power. This is all quoted from SpartacusEducational.com slash JFK Executive A.htm. And link will be in the show notes. And this is definitely not happening anymore in quotation marks. Definitely not. I cannot prove that. Yeah. 
that's, yeah, that's currently that, 20 years from now i may be able to but I don't, uh, I, to be and and the so before we leave like there's going to be a talk about uh, we're, we're going to chat about that because uh, you know mk ultra stopped in this facet did it still continue and this was a question that i asked i was talking with john about on on the question everything podcast did it did did the program continue with a different name and a different medium Right, no, it, you know old, what I mean? medium, oh, now you touch so, you touch so some, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. shooting off where you're going. Oh, yeah, right. so put your hat back on. Uh, we'll we'll talk about it. <laughs> All right, so uh, so here's uh, Richard Bissell. Uh, obviously, we mentioned Sidney Gottlieb already. He was the the lead chemist. He kind of was he was the man. MK Ultra was his baby. He kind of did everything. Super weirdo, major hippie. Actually, you know when he retired, he went to India with his wife to do like like nursing shit that's super weird well yeah. supposedly that's what he did right so allegedly something yeah, after har- after he had to testify in court of course something something harmless you know out of the way so right yeah, yeah. Definitely yeah. Didn't do anything else i'm just gonna the retire to the, the the beautiful mountains of india what and the yeah, language no. i don't speak no yeah. no that's i mean I, I guess if you wanted to do like a big goat farm i, I don't know yeah i guess does, India have a big goat population? It might, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It, it, well, I don't know. It's pretty close to Pakistan, so it, it might. It might. Yeah. It might be. That might be a thing. We go over a couple different presidents throughout the course of MK Ultra. We start with Truman right there at the end of the war. We go into Eisenhower, and then right after Eisenhower, we go into uh, John F. Kennedy, right? Yep. Uh, well, so one thing. Can we skip anybody? No, that's that's no. the right succession, yeah? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But one, one thing I didn't want to touch on, uh, I know initially when we were reading off the very beginning of the podcast, it, it was put out. It was it was put out that uh, fucking laser beams. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> it, it it was put out that uh, Eisenhower, I think he he, he drafted this up right um, about Operation Paperclip, all that right. But it was uh, some, that was Truman. Tr- right, 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 yeah. right. But uh, but I think it, uh, Eisen, yeah, it was Truman. Obviously, so Truman was a pretty influential president, right? He, he saw the end of World War Two, and then also the initiation of this. Um, along with some other things uh, for our country. like He was a pretty instrumental president in the way our country moved forward one way or another. Um, I just thought it was, uh, for me, for you know history, I thought it was pretty important to point out. Like He, he was a, like one of the most influential people uh, of our country of all time, in my opinion. I think there was, there was a lot uh, that happened under his watch. The, the war machine that got started in World War II made a, they, they went from making you know, bombs and bullets to refrigerators and air conditioners yeah you know they they shifted back into this crazy production phase uh which led to the birth of you know uh, suburban america and in that period of the 50s where you know just the economy went nuts everything boomed everything was kind of crazy um, so there's there was a lot happening in the yeah. country yeah. Uh, so it, it it doesn't surprise me necessarily that all of this crazy shit was happening right. and nobody was watching because things were going so fast and so hard right well i mean also like they probably thought they couldn't fail either man like it's just win after win after win after win it's like oh, we're, we're, we're good we're, you know we're hitting the pocket every time you know can't miss but no nah. that is that is uh that is a great <laughs> a great uh point there so uh now let's talk about richard helms a little bit so richard helms has a lot to do with MK Ultra. He's kind of the the weird guy. Um, he's he's very very involved. This is uh, this is coming off of uh, also same website. Uh, this is coming from the SpartacusEducational.com. It says, "quote MK Ultra began with a proposal from the Assistant Deputy Director for Plans, Richard Helms. Remember the uh, the Director of Plans was 
Richard Bissell. So Richard Helms uh, says, let's start this thing. Uh, he says, quote, uh, to the DCI outlining a special funding mechanism for a highly sensitive CIA research and development project uh, that studied the use of biological and chemical materials in altering human behavior. The projects involved research to develop a capability in the covert use of biological chemical materials. This area involves the production of various psychological conditions to which uh, excuse me, which could support present or future clandestine operations. Aside from the offensive potential, the development of a comprehensive capability in the field of covert chemical and biological warfare gives us a thorough knowledge of the enemy's theoretical potential, thus enabling us to defend ourselves against a foe who might not be as restrained in the use of techniques as we are. So there's that. And then it, uh, it continues on around that kind of same line. Uh, and then it talks about how... Uh, there was a the Senate Foreign Relations Committee began investigating the whole CIA and all this stuff, and he sat on the witness stand and said MKUltra didn't happen. Yeah, right. Like, like it well, wasn't. I mean, it's like like I said, like there's so many damn like this this stuff has been going on for so long, right? Anytime anyone from authority or any kind of power that's doing something wrong, and they get questioned about it. What happens? They, they just deny it, and then nothing happens, right? And that's what happened during this as well. They're like, hey, we know you did some stuff, and they're like, no, nah, I didn't do anything. They're like, yeah, you did. I'm like, no, we'll prove it. Like, we, we can't you just admit you did it. And he's like, no, I didn't do it. And it's just like, that's that's exactly, like, it just keeps playing out over and over and over. And it's like, what is going on, man? Did you see the movie uh, with, I think it's Harrison Ford. It's one of the Jack Ryan movies. I think it was Clear and Present Danger, where they actually go down to, like, Columbia. Uh, and there's a big mess, and he comes back, and he he's in a race to print out this report. And he, he goes into his director's office with this report of, like, this crazy shit that he just saw. And, and his, like, his director goes, like, walks, like, very calmly over to the safe, opens up the safe, and pulls out a piece of paper. He's like, do you know what this is? This is my get-out-of-jail-free card. You're going to go to prison for the rest of your life, and I'm going to go to the beach. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm paraphrasing. That's right, not right. What the, the line from the movie. Yeah, but, yeah. but that, like, that totally encompasses what's going on here. And even when Richard Helms gets, you know, he says no, and then it's proven that, that that's not true, that he is, in fact, guilty. He was a part of this. You yeah. know? And then what happens to him? He ends up getting uh, uh, charged with, I forget what the charge was, but he's got to serve uh, two years in prison, and the sentence is suspended. I mean, uh, so he doesn't he doesn't have to serve a day. I think the only appropriate uh, reaction to that, or what he should have had for that service for those two years, or for what he served, he should have been uh, you know administered LSD every single day for those two years as well to experience what he made other people go through. In my opinion, but yeah, yeah. So that this way, in 1977, Helms was found guilty of lying to Congress and received a suspended two year prison sentence. And this was uh, was the the MK Ultra, but it also involved the uh, the assassination attempts. Okay. On uh, was it Patrice, uh, Lum, the guy in the Congo, General uh, Abd Al Karim. That was the guy in Iraq. Yep, and then and Castro, then right? Ningo Din okay. Diem, and I'm not sure what that last name, like what was involved with that. But so yeah, so there's Helms. He's a he's a big player. He does all this. You know, uh, we spoke about Frank Olson. Frank Olson was kind of the the kicker, and the cool thing about Frank Olson, right? was that he is the only person named in the church report, which is the big final, you know, after Congress does its big legit investigation, he's he's the only like like victim right. that's listed in this. And which is insane. They, they deny the whole thing, right? They yeah. they still say it's not, but 
But his family ended up getting a settlement from the government. Oh, really? I didn't see that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, nice. no, they got, they got money. Because, like, according to the wiki page, it just says that it's, it's inconclusive uh, whether or not he, he suicided himself and or got homicided. It was inconclusive. Couldn't find out. Yeah, there was, there was, de- uh, there was a definite payment that went on. Um, nice. Th- never an admission of guilt. Right. Right? Just transactional money. Yeah, just money. <laughs> That was crazy. So some notable mentions of MKUltra, and this is how deep and how far this program was. It, it, this, this just kind of sprinkles, you know, uh, little little seeds of, of wonderment throughout. So people that were involved in MKUltra, Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber. Really? I think I did hear about that. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So it, now his connection. But that, that's is, so weird because, like, that's so far after, you know what I mean? Well, but if he had, you know, uh, a bad reaction to a whole bunch of LSD. Sure. And he's got some psychosis shit going on. Was this, this, this is like his own claims were that he was part of the MK Ultra program, like unwillingly? Uh, no. So it's, it, it, again, this is it, notable mentions, right? So this is, uh, I'll, at, at best, I have to say alleged connections. Okay. All right. So uh, what his exact involvement is, uh, I don't know. Uh, I couldn't find, like, dates and times and locations it's like um, I mean, that's a good question though like why don't we know this kind of stuff well because richard helms decided to freaking nuke all of the files before he left uh you know and had to go serve a two-year suspended prison sentence mm. <laughs> because there's there's a whole lot of that and there's a whole lot of names in there uh i don't know if you're a are you a grateful dead fan i am not but i am aware of them and yeah I, so but what is his name the singer for the grateful dead or Rob- the, well, it wasn't. Um, it, was it wasn't the singer. Right? It was his lyricist, Robert okay. Hunter. All right. Yeah. So, uh, but there's a handful of people that were willingly uh, receptive to taking the LSD as part of the True. experiment, and he was one of them. Yeah. Um, out of the handful that were, and uh, so an, another notable uh, thing to, to say is that uh, obviously we, we already mentioned that the MK Ultra they purchased the whole entire world supply of LSD, right? They started going out to hospitals, to schools, uh, universities, whatnot, and they just try to like, all right, who's gonna like, who's gonna bite first? We're gonna throw a fishing pole out here. Who's gonna bite on the hook first? You know, we need to start testing this kind of stuff. You know, I'm sure they're pretty uh, persuasive in whatever means they're trying to do there. Um, but oh no, all right, I'm sorry. So in in uh, the, so the 1950s, the whole entire purpose was to develop a drug for mind control, right? But instead, what they did was created a whole entire counterculture, right? The exact opposite of what they wanted to do, right? And that led into the 60s, the Vietnam War, the anti-war. Like, I don't think our country was ever vocally anti-war until the Vietnam War, right? Um, Maybe there's some opposition to the Korean War that I'm not uh, familiar with. But it it was still kind of like, you know, yeah, America, we're fighting the bad guys, right? It wasn't until Vietnam and after the LSD and all that and the counterculture that you know there was a, a zeitgeist movement within American like uh, vernacular, the you know just the thought flow of our country changed dramatically, and it was probably related to MK Ultra. Like it probably, it, it, not even probably, it had a significant impact on this country, no doubt. I agree with that hundred uh, percent. And the early seventies also saw the uh was it the narcotic what the the drug act the of 1972 i think you know and that's where you got the whole the whole schedule list yeah, right the classifications, you know, the, the classifications and all that, and all that yeah. shit and which which ones are 
are deemed a threat to individuals and societies. And that's, you know, uh, a while ago I sat down, I talked with Austin about, about drugs and, and about that, that whole thing and how that all broke down. And that's, you know, where we talked about weed being a schedule one, why Which the is fuck is weed a schedule one? You know what I mean? It's insane. Yeah. Um, and come to find out there's a whole lot of political connections right. to weed. What's, uh, what's like financial too, man. It has like, it has a large or a lot to do with the tobacco companies as well. And also, admittedly, to uh, you know, the, the the stigma of it just won't go away. It's the lie that won't go away because people won't empirically uh, experience it for themselves. You know, it, there was a stigma, of course, against uh, alcohol, right? The prohibition, right? Until America rose up and was like, you know, fuck that. We want our fucking beer, man. We want <laughs> alcohol. Like, sh- what the fuck? And then, uh, you know, I think the same thing is going on right now with marijuana in mm-hmm. our country. Uh, it might take a little while especially for like the the south and all that to come around to it um to experience and like oh man this is not that bad this is, doesn't ruin your life it doesn't make you crazy you know what i mean yeah but. speaking of weed specifically it was put on that schedule because not because of its of its danger of the because it had uh popularity within a certain uh yeah. you know group of of yeah. folks that sure. were influential in you know what i mean so sure. it yeah. and this report uh, there was a after it was put on uh, as a schedule one, you know, this this big report came out and said it is not dangerous. It has no place there. It needs to come off. Yeah. And Nixon was like, meh, next. Just totally dismissed it and moved on. And these were doctors and shit that were like, hey, this is there's other uses for this. Yeah. And, and, mind, and they and they shut it off. So, yeah. And mind you, our government was going around giving LSD unknowingly <laughs> to people and hookers and all this. Like, do what? Five years before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they hired hookers and gave dudes LSD. Like, and that's that weird, that weird, just fucking moral. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, it, it we're, we're, alleged morality. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's we're, we're, there's this alleged morality that man. I, don't, I, I think I don't, we're just in the wrong timeline, man. That's it. Just yeah. go to the parallel universe. The other, you know, other you and me, we're doing well. It's all good. Yeah, right on. <laughs> Right on. This Jesus never happened. Roller. Never happened. Right. <laughs> so we uh, we talked about James Joseph Bulger. Whitey Bulger was his name. He was the Boston mobster that was uh, fed a copious amount of LSD for a very long time. And then I, somebody else who I've actually spoken about on the show before in the history of radio, and her name was Candy Jones. She was a radio host and a model and would all of a sudden at random just have massive personality snaps just crazy just and her husband at the time was like hey this she's not who she is like this is and and so she was associated with the mk ultra program Hmm. and uh and so uh, on the hypnosis side of things is where they uh, alleged her to be involved so 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 she's part of she would have a uh an activating word that would take her from you know the model radio host to some fucking psycho crazy woman that you know okay is going to do some crazy shit. So. Yeah, so that brings us into the the Manchurian Candidate, right? So that was another uh, avenue of this. It wasn't just like you know dosing LSD and all that. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that was a big part of it, but it was also trying to find out. All right, you know, but the the end goal, goal was like one stop communism. How you do that? All right, let's cut the snake off by its head, right? Which is whoever's leading this communist organization in whatever country, let's let's assassinate them. But we can't make it like look deliberate. We can't invade the country. You know what I mean? It can. We can do it from the inside. We can have, uh, you know, we can abduct somebody, uh, try to coerce them one way or another, or implant something into their brain. To when we say a word, it triggers them, and all of a sudden they become an assassin and do some ninja flips and cut somebody's head <laughs> off with a samurai sword. Right? Jason Bourne. Right. Yeah. <laughs> 
right? That's I mean, well, I mean, his his was a total uh, mind reset, I guess, you know. Um, but you know, like he he embodies that right then and there. As like when he meets those first two cops in the like the the picnic bench in the first movie. Yeah. yeah. And then like all of a sudden he kicks the shit out of both of them, and then he's standing there going, "How did I just do that? Like what the fuck? You know, <laughs> you know those kinds of things where yeah. uh, those types of programs what? and and Hollywood does that Hollywood picks up on this shit and part of me wonders you know did they get information you know what I mean or you know are, I think are, so yeah, yeah. It, it, it not saying that you know people are giving classified information to folks in Hollywood to make movies out of um, but is it is it like a conditioning thing where we see it on a movie and it becomes like something that we just we we see and we dismiss so we're conditioned to like. Right. So when it actually happens, yeah. we're not like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. We're like, "Oh no, we saw that in the movie, dude. It's totally cool." Well, it's just like the the word itself, conspiracy, right? As soon as you label something a conspiracy, it's not automatically dismissed, no matter the validity of it, the proof of it, whatever. As long as you label it, and it's it's the the, the airwaves, the media nowadays, the social media and or the TV, right? All in unison, you know. There's no uh, dissenting voices. They all saying the same thing, right? And they all say it's conspiracy. The majority of the people that are watch these platforms, uh, absorb and consume these platforms, are going to believe that oh, it's just it's BS. It doesn't it doesn't apply. So there you go. We, that's that's a way to curtail this. Which you know, oh man, my mind was going all kinds of with oh man, yeah. No, I'll get into it later though. Yeah. <laughs> right on. So we need to look at uh, you know intent versus impact, or impact versus intent. However, whichever one you want to go first, um, you know and and. What was it supposed to do? What did it do? And did did it kind of accomplish what the goal of the program was? Uh, and and we have to ask this question because they threw a lot of money into it, yeah. millions upon millions of dollars into this yeah. program, well, um, hundreds of millions. Yeah, yeah. And, and did they get? You know, was was the juice worth the squeeze? And I'm going to bottom line up front you and say, a no, it was not. I want to say yes. Yeah? Yeah. Why so? Not to be confrontational no, in, no, no, in, no. A, in any sort of way, but in in my... We hear it. Why Whiskey love different opinions. All right, heck yeah. So in my thought pattern was, uh, obviously MKUltra was uh, utter failure, right? But I think the they got some really important data from it, or data, however you want to pronounce it. But so the LSD drugs, all that crap didn't work, right? There's, there's no truth serum, per se, as far as we know. Uh as of right now, maybe ayahuasca, but you know, that's, you know, you get, gotta go to South America for that. But, uh, I think they found a different way to do MK ultra, to convince the public to, to do what they want. Right. And, uh, that's only surfaced. It may be surfaced before then, but it's become even more intense. Um, as the years go by, uh, especially like the last, like I'd say probably decade. Um, it's definitely, maybe it's just cause I'm getting older and I'm more aware to it. I'm not, you know, absorbed in petty things as a as a child or a teenager. I'm starting to absorb the or the world around me more. But social media and also the media itself. All right, I'm not talking mainstream media. I'm just media itself. Freaking uh, Fox News, CNN, MS, whatever platform you want to talk about. Right. Um, I know I hit you up with an article before this, mm-hmm. um, saying that retired CIA and FBI agents, like over 30, 40, who knows how many, right? They're working for CNN, for MSNBC, for ABC, for CBS. They're working for them as, you know, 
as uh, whatever expert analysis, you know, people, right? They're, they're the experts. But do you really think they're trying to give you the truth? No, man. They're working for the freaking CIA, dude. It worked. It worked. They didn't have to drug nobody, man. All they had to do is put the screen in front of you. And like, the, as long as every every screen everywhere is saying the same thing in unison, then it has to be true. There's no dissenting opinion about it. So I, I think uh, they, they got some good data from it. And they're like, I, so when the TV really become like a household popular thing, like maybe like what, 70s, 80s? like well, In the 50s. 50s? All right, well, there you go. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah, so it made its it made its big move. So it was initially radio in the yeah. late 30s and then 40s. Uh, 50s came in the the transistor, the communication boom, and all that stuff, um, and and then it became there. And and the TV thing is an interesting point because I I am I, I tend to agree with the idea that this type of program, mind control, uh, my and I don't know if I want to use the word control, but I want to use the word influence. Yeah. Um, mind influence is a thing i think it leads your, to control though your brain yeah. in a way yeah, yeah i i'll agree to that yeah. um your brain has to see something uh for a hundredth of a second right, right. Uh, in order to like process information right watching tv are you going to notice a flash of a word that's a hundredth of a second long uh depends if it's well maybe not a word but have you seen fight club Yes. Yeah. Do you remember the the part in the movie where they're laughing because they spliced a you know a dick in the middle of like the the picture to like shock the audience? They don't know what they actually just saw. You know what I mean? It's kind of like subliminal messaging kind of thing. Yeah. Well, that's um, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Right. Yeah. But it's it, but here's the deal. Like if you're watching a TV program, I promise you, if you if the if an image flashes for a hundredth of a second, and 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 they are not going to do it like in the middle of a of a monologue. Right, it's going to be when you know the camera, the camera angle changes from person to scenery or some shit like that, right? So, uh, and then something flashes in a hundredth of a second. You are your conscious is not going to pick that up, right? But your brain's going to pick that up. The subconscious, yeah, yeah, and yeah. and all of a sudden, so that happens enough, and there's there's ways to do that. And I, I forget the study that I was I was looking into, and, and this was a while ago. But that's to me. That seems to like that would be the next, you know, uh, MK Ultra 2.0. It wouldn't be LSD and drugs and and hypnotic, you know, practices. It would be uh, technology. It would be this little fucking box that I'm holding in my hand right now. Right. Uh, I have my phone in my hand. <laughs> um, uh, you know that this is this is going to be what it is. And it was so funny. It, we're kind of already seeing that aspect of it because, you know, the other night we're sitting on the couch. And all of a sudden, I think it was my my son was like, "Dad," and I was like, "What?" And him and my wife are like sitting there looking at me. They're like, "You just we like, asked you like four questions, blind on the mouth, just like zone." You right? didn't say shit. They're like, no, we don't. I was like, "Man, I can put this phone away." Like, God yeah, damn, it's, you know, it's not good. No, it's, it's very, it's super unhealthy. It's so bad for our nation, dude. Yeah. Um, have you heard of the the documentary called Social Dilemma on Netflix? I've heard of it. Yes, haven't seen it. I have not seen it either, but it intrigues me. Now, I wish I could see it, but I don't have Netflix anymore um, for various reasons, as you're aware of. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're not going to talk about cuties because uh, yeah. we're talking about MK Ultra. Um, so, but no, like it, it's 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 dude, it's it's so bad. Like, do you, you know what I want right now? I want to get like I want to delete Facebook. I want to delete Reddit. I can't. I cannot delete it. Because the whatever the dopamine uh, triggers in my synapses mm -hmm. inside my brain feel too good 
when I see a red button say that someone liked something, they don't say that something like it, it, Facebook's not even like that now. You'll literally have a message just, oh, someone had an update on something, and you're like, oh, I have to see what he said. Right. It's like, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I don't, like, this, this is the downfall of our nation, in my opinion. Like, I think that's what the culmination is. Like I said, like, like the CIA has got what it wants now. All they have to do is put on a suit, go on the news, and they're, they're now an, a, an analyst. They don't work for the CIA anymore. What do you mean? They're retired. They don't have any. They have no, like, it's like saying you work for the Army for 20 years, and afterwards, like, you don't root for Army uh, in the Army-Navy game. It's like, ah, I'm, nothing, I'm not part of the Army anymore. Like, no, dude, you're still rooting for them. You know what I mean? That's, that's your tribe. That's your team. You know, right. that's the way I look at it. Like, dude, like they've got what they want. And like it, between smartphones, which have what, you know, really become 100% accessible to everybody in the last like 10 years, t- decade. I said, that's what I feel like everything started to ramp up really crazy hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and with this, the CIA guys going to all the major news networks, I'm sure you're aware of all the, the censorship going on right now to make sure that there is only one voice. And that's, that's. I, I don't remember if I said it already, but you know, I I have had a hard time sleeping for the past couple of days because we need balance in the force. You can't just have one side or the other, right? Jedi's cannot exist without the Empire, without the without the Sith, right? You have to have yin and yang. You can't just have one or the other. You have to have both. You ha- you know what I mean? You have to have balance. I'm I'm giggling because I legit had this same conversation with my wife yesterday oh no shit uh star wars references and everything i yeah. said the exact same fucking thing i'm trying to speak your language that's yeah all. Man, no you, <laughs> I, I appreciate you relating to me on that level that's I, I do appreciate that that was pretty awesome but no you're you're right um and you see things like like mk ultra and you're uh, to where it's a known now it's a known right you know but, but uh, 20 30 about? years from now what are going to be the knowns and and that'll be when right. you know uh, this kind of you know thing comes out, unless the whole motherfucker collapses, and, and who knows? But but getting to the knowns and getting to the the legit information because it's out there, it's there. Right. Somebody wrote something on a piece of paper somewhere, and maybe not on a piece of paper, but like a, right. an email or a document or something. You know what I mean? Well, and it's just buried and it's hidden, and it's not going to come out until. You know, uh, this sect of people are long dead and gone. Right. And but. Even then, I mean, will we ever really know? Who knows? No, I think for the time period that it happened in, we'll never really know if it happened, right? Because, like, you know, everyone right now has a camera attached to their phone. So you can empirically tell, for the most part, unless it's a deep fake, what's going on or not, right? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's another question. Like, you're never going to get that for MK Ultra, right? I mean, like, not to mention that he destroyed uh, 99% of the documents and videos and everything leading up for what he did while or what they did for MK Ultra, right? And there's only a couple of documents that are left over afterwards. Um, but we'll never really know. Like I said, like at the end of the day, uh, my firm belief is that there's no such thing as truth. Uh, there's, only, there's only perspective. That's it. Hmm. That's, an, uh, that's an interesting statement. I'm going to have to chew on that for a little bit. I, I like it. But uh, but I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to chew on that for a sec. So let's let's kind of let's redirect for just a little bit sure. back to uh, back to MK Ultra because the the one thing that I was really surprised about is how specifically was it approved? And the one thing that I I find in in all of my reading and and digging and all this stuff is that nobody ever said go 
program was created, but the explicit authorization to conduct A, B, C, and D, right, was never given. And this was one of the results of the church committee. Uh, So the church committee goes through and they dig through and they find this. And it says, quote, in May of 1963, DDP Helms told the inspector general that the covert testing program was authorized because he had gone to the director, briefed him on it, and the director indicated no disagreement, and therefore the testing will continue. Uh, On page 83, it says such authorization, even for non-controversial matters, is clearly less desirable than explicit authorization in areas such as the surreptitious, that fucking word, uh, surreptitious administration of drugs in particularly undesirable. And that is off of page 406 of book one of the church report, um, where it basically comes right out and says, nobody said it was okay. But it still happened. Well, right. Well, then, like, how does anything happen in the world? Like, somebody at the top has to has to be like, I'm doing it. You know what I mean? Like, nobody, like, whoever the top person is that moves the chess piece, nobody's above him. That's the top, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, it, it sounds like it was just a culmination of... Uh, Maybe like, well, not even maybe like a lot of fear of communism and being like, oh, do hey, whatever. This dude sits down in front of a committee, like a Senate committee, and legit says, "Well, hey, he didn't say no." That's what, it, which yeah. blows my mind. Like, yeah. dude, to me, that's like a straight fucking don't pass go, don't collect two hundred dollars, you go straight to jail. Yeah, you uh, think he, he didn't say no? What the get the fuck out of here? Like, you know what I mean? Uh, can I rob your bank? Well, you didn't say no. You, like yeah. it blows my mind to, to to think that somebody in that high level of a position just took an implied yes right, it, and it, and went and admit, you know drugged people without their knowledge, um, conducted experiments uh, that were highly at at best entirely unethical. Uh, at worst, illegal, immoral, and unethical. And, and, <laughs> you know, and freaking evil. With, um, with that, yeah, yeah, and uh, and <laughs> it, without without somebody putting something on a piece of paper saying, you know, for national security, I'm doing air quotes again for those of you at home. Uh, you know, for national security, we authorize this to to happen. Right. Well, I, I don't think it blows my mind that much though, because like you got to think the the precursor to this was uh, Operation Paperclip, right? We we, we just got. Done fighting a, a war, World War Two, right? Mil- hundreds of millions of people died, like, like horrible deaths, right? Freaking D-Day, storming freaking Normandy, like some of the most hellacious, horrific deaths ever, you know? And then, like, you know, right afterwards, what did they do? Like, n- not even a year later, well, we're gonna take all these Nazis and give them impunity and bring them over to the U.S. Teach them how to, how to torture and mind control people. Like, what? That, nah, it doesn't even surprise me at all. Yeah, sure. and one of the the big hangups I have on that is these dudes, they they took research and knowledge that they gained in in the Holocaust camps, you know, yeah, yeah, um, and yeah. and this this human research that they did that was the very I believe to be the very uh, demonstration of humanity being evil, right? The the, yeah, the evilness worst. of humanity right. uh, was embodied in these these camps right and then we as a country and we ha- and and that's another thing i i say we uh because this is my country this is right. me this right. is you know what i mean and um there's a lot of people that are like well bah, the, you know it was them and they now no it was us it was us 
We're a part of this thing. Yeah. We, we have to own, you know, we can celebrate in, in our victories. True. Uh, we also have to freaking acknowledge our goddamn really shitty decisions. And I think that's what this was because yeah. we took these people who did the vilest of things to humans. Yeah, sure. I think that's uh, integrity is the first step towards yeah. like, you know, to pure truth. So I think that's, you know, yeah, that's the way to go. Yeah. And that's a, again, more to come on that. Uh, well, with, with a little bit more backstory and, and more information. So we mentioned the church report. Let's talk about that. Okay. Because that that's where the fucking lid pops off and everything gets fucking super, super weird. And the church report, first off, it's like, uh, let me let me <laughs> pull this thing up here. Uh, and you can find this, the entire thing, on www.senate.gov. Um, and then you look at investigations uh, and church committee. If you just search church committee in uh, when you get to senate.gov, it'll pull everything out. And it gives you this wonderful... Um, synopsis, the investigation, the outcome, all this other stuff. Great information in that alone. If you don't want to read literally 10,000 pages of shit, uh, you can get the synopsis. It kind of uh, summarizes everything. But then you go on, and it actually breaks everything down for you by page, by book, by all this stuff. And you can go and you can click uh, in these books, um, which there are six of them total uh and then all of the hearings are included so the final report has six books excuse me uh and then all of the hearings itself are all the transcripts are all there but to get a a page by page kind of breakdown of this this church committee report uh i suggested you go to uh www.aarclibrary.org and take a look you look at book one foreign and military intelligence uh, it's the Assassination Archives and Research Center uh, is this place, and they've got the whole thing listed up here, and you can go through. They've got a searchable uh, menu. It's, it's fucking awesome, right? And takes this massive thing and kind of, like, narrows it down. Nice. Uh, and, and in this, you can see how these people proceeded and all these things they did. And actually, uh, page 399, uh, paragraph 3, the surreptitious, the surreptitious administration of LSD. See that? I do that word. Fucking kicks my ass nice. every single time. Now you're good. I, you know, I tried to say that word once in a briefing. Really? I was giving a briefing to some people. Over, over like parachute somewhere. Stuff? No, no, it was just something else. Okay. And <laughs> and uh, I'll, I'll fill you in when we're not recording. Um, okay. And I I tried to because I'm in a room with a bunch of doctors and fucking really smart people, and I tried to meet them on their level. Yeah. And this word was. A word that I intended to use, and I fucked it up so bad, and <laughs> to the point where like they were laughing because I tried twice to say it, and I was like, "Well, you know, sneaky shit." And nice. they, they all laughed, and it was great. Nice. Um, yeah, uh, dude, that fuck that word. <laughs> but anyway, so it goes: the surreptitious administration of LSD to unwitting non-volunteer human subjects by the CIA after the death of Dr. Olson. This is where Dr. Frank Olson is is listed in this report. He's the only person as being like a victim right and then it goes on and um this report is is awesome so the church committee there was actually two committees formed after this so after that the expose that we talked about earlier uh that got put out in the times or whatever um so now they got to do it and they did the rockefeller report first rockefeller was uh nixon's i think it was nixon's vp and so he so he does uh he does his report (laughs) <laughs> and it's a incoming freaking JDM. <laughs> uh, weird drone strike because we're talking about MK Ultra. Yeah. Um, so he does he does a report and it's horseshit, right? It's it's weak, it's shallow, it doesn't do anything. And so uh, this uh, congressman from Idaho, I think it was, 
uh, Representative Church leads up this committee and just runs to town and goes to the gamut. He doesn't just do the CIA. He goes into the FBI. He goes into the NSA. He goes into all of these facets and areas and finds a whole bunch of crazy shit. So, so and at the end of this report, like, you know, he comes out and says all these things. And uh, this is where we see all of these reforms take place and all of these, these fail safes and stop caps and all these things that kind of go in to place and get put down as far as like what you can do as far as surveillance and, uh, you know, going back to Operation Midnight Climax, yeah. you know, surveilling people having sex. You can't do that anymore. No, nope, can't surveil anybody <laughs> yeah. anymore. I, well, until, you know, 9-11. And oh, no, I mean, nah, that doesn't pa- exist. The, pa- the Patriot Act has to has to come in play where yeah, we but can we're th- kind we're of open things up again. We're thankful for that, though. We're thankful for our safety. He's doing air quotes. <laughs> Uh, yes. So I, I'm, I'm with you. You know what I mean? And that's this this whole like you see it here. Uh, let me let me bend some rules. Let me violate some some things. Right. I, I don't even know what to call them. Uh, you know, let me let me let me skirt in the dark side of morality yeah. for your safety, for your well-being, for the betterment of of the whole. You know what I mean? I think of Spock and Star Trek, right? The good of the one outweighs the, the or wait the good of the many outweighs the yeah. good of the one right? right which is bullshit right so you know uh, so we're okay with taking liberties with onesies and twosies if it means we're better off you know and and under the guise of national security it seems to be you know which is a lot of what this was they they just threw out that term but you know what's ironic about that though like that's the the core philosophy of communism right so the the very thing they're trying to fight when they started this they became right. Be careful when when uh, fighting monsters not to become one yourself, and I believe that's like 100 percent what 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 this is. And the the 60s were that that big time uh, because you had what was his name was running the FBI in the 60s. Oh, you're talking about the good guy from the the Good Shepherd movie, right? Was it the that was the FBI, right? Yep. Yeah, that was a weird movie, man. Hey, you know what's Hoover? Weird? Hoover, yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. yeah. What else? We're about, so you're talking about Hollywood earlier, right? Yeah. So like, I think there was like almost a you know a renaissance of information where all this came out, and like Hollywood like kind of grabbed onto it, um, maybe because it was a little more ta- it was a little taboo for them, because like you said, they were investigated before. Hey, are you CIA, Are you uh, you know Russia or communist agents? Blah blah all that, and it was like almost like around the '90s, early 2000s. Like oh, it was Good Shepherd. It was like uh, damn, what was that movie? Uh, it was something like the, the Bones of Crosses. Uh, I forget what that movie was called. It's another secret organization that's still around today. Uh, you know, Bush, Kerry, all that. Like, you know, a lot of the leads are, are part of that. Uh, it's it's pretty wild. Angelina Jolie is in it as well, which is like worth enough to, to watch it. Um, <laughs> but it's it pretty much Fair. like the it, yeah. So they put they put out like, hey man, this is what is going on, right? But they made it a, a movie or a Hollywood. So it's like, yeah, that's just a movie. It's all good. It never happened. Well, we just passed the uh, the date where. You know, you're talking about the movie media. Uh, radio Medium did that too. The the what was the name of the radio show that everybody thought was real? They thought we were being invaded by aliens back in the '50s. Oh, what was that? The War of the Worlds? War, was it War of the Worlds? Yeah, War of the Worlds. Yeah, like when the yeah. aliens were like ooh la, and like they made a whole movie about well, it. Well, yeah. so so here's this radio show going on, <laughs> yeah. and everybody's like, "This shit's real." Like they just they turned their radio on mid broadcast and. They thought it was actually happening and became yeah, people this crazy were, thing. People were freaking the fuck out. Dude. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I see the same thing happening now. You know what I mean? Yeah. With you know, uh, movies and and people are movies are based in you know reality. I, <laughs> Armageddon is one I think because 
that we get reminded of that all the time. You know, except uh, Bruce Willis isn't going to go onto a, a moving comet and blow it up with, you know, a nuke and save the day. But, it, you know, the fact that we, our planet could at any time just get totally wrecked by a fucking giant chunk of space debris. Right. <laughs> and and end everything as we know it. You know what I mean? Um, and, and they take that in the movie and they, they put people in there and that becomes real. Yeah. You know? Um, Yellowstone, the the super volcano in Yellowstone exploding. Yeah. What, 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 uh, there was two movies. It was 2012, and then what was the other yeah. one? Um, there were two big like Ooh, I, I uh, uh, end of day type I, movies, I right? Think was, I think it was. A, I suppose it was called End of Days. Where yeah. The com- where the comet hit the Earth, right? Uh, so there was that one, but there was another one. I was thinking uh, it's got John Cusack. They get they get, they're in the plane with the Russians. They're the boats. There's like those big boats that. You know, uh, they hop in these these boats that like the elites were sold tickets to. Anyway, yeah. hey, whatever. I, I'll remember the movie later. So I, I, you know, we we look at these things and, and we believe it's real. You know, what I mean? because because there's a potential for it to be real. And I think the the whole zombie thing. I think that people actually entertain that idea. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, well, there we go. Like, I mean, like, that's even bringing fiction to re- reality, right? People with this vaccine coming up, right? People are like, oh, I was going to turn into a zombie. Like, dude, STFU, man. Like, dude, just take the damn vaccine, man, so we can get on with our damn lives, man, as quickly my, as possible. My boy Robbie wants to fight you right now. Oh. <laughs> just, <laughs> no, he and I can't talk about the vaccine anymore because he is a firm believer in uh, that it came out too fast and that we are looking at a potential I Am Legend situation. Um and I am in uh, a different camp, uh, tribe, whatever you want to call it, and I, I don't necessarily agree with that point of view. So he and I have uh, no. come to a gentleman's agreement that we we are not allowed to talk about that right anymore. On. Well, it's like, <laughs> like worst case. Well, I mean, either way, with you and I, at least right now, like right. sooner or later, we're not going to have a choice either way with our job. No, as being in the army, like yeah. dude, you're going to take it one way or another. Like right now, they're like, all right, they're like just publicly like, hey, uh, if you guys, you can opt out if you want, right? But like sooner or later, like within the year, if this does come out and Logistics, distribution, all that, like, uh, it's going to be forced upon you. Like, you don't have a choice. Yeah, you can opt out in February, but March 1st, you're taking it. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Right? <laughs> You're delaying the inevitable. Thanks, you gave me a 28-day freaking extension. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, no, it's, uh, th- there's there's a lot there. And opening up the can of worms that is government conspiracy, right now, it's, it's a little, it, it's scary to me personally. Terrifying. Uh, you know, because... I mean, even doing this show, so I'm not going to lie. My last show, uh, I sat down with a, a couple of uh, wonderful people who recently left the Mormon church, and yep. they shared their whole story. Nice. Um, uh, those are the best people to talk to. They're freaking awesome. Super open, too. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was incredible. And, and Daniel and Aaron, if you're listening, I uh, love you guys to death. It was awesome. And uh, I'm not going to lie, I, that show made me nervous mm. because they, the Mormon church is very big. Yeah. Uh, and they have a very large outreach and, you know, um, little, you know, I don't, I don't want somebody from the church calling me and being like, Hey, we need to talk about your show. Well, it's not <laughs> Scientology. Yeah. So I think it, you're okay. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but you just said it. So now I'm going to get zapped with freaking, you know, Tom Cruise is going to come out of the sky and kill me. Um, <laughs> but, uh, just kidding, Tom. I love you. I love you. Don't, don't, don't kill sue me. me. Yeah. Don't sue me. Um, <laughs> but there's, uh, I, I was, I think equally or more so nervous about this show uh, on a totally different spectrum because here we are in a a volatile, for lack of a better term, yeah. uh, moment 
and we're we're gonna walk down the road of of government conspiracy and uh and it's and it's hard to stay on focus right now i'm not gonna lie like this i think uh yeah. we scheduled this a month ago yeah and uh had no idea that anything like what happened is going to happen yeah uh and no shit like it was earlier this week i was like man do we need to wait should, should we wait? Screw that. Should we, uh, yeah, and that's that was the first like, amendment. Like, let's fucking roll, dude. With it. Let's talk. Let's roll. Yeah. With it. yeah, and I, I think talking about it is is a good thing. Yeah. Um. And here's and here's something that we can put our hands on and actually touch and confirm and see. You know, yeah. with the thing with MK Ultra, and, and we can see to say this. And, and I'm not trying to to sow seeds of of doubt and mistrust. Uh, I'm not. I'm not looking to to usurp any sort of authority or anything like that. Yeah. Um. But I think if we allow ourselves to at least listen, you know what I mean, to to things, whether we believe them or not, whether we can prove them or not, hopefully we do our homework and we go and we we research on our own to find out more information. Uh, you know, somebody makes an assertion because that's happening a lot right now. Yeah, people are saying, "Boom, the the sky is falling." Well, yeah, and then you look up and it's sunny and there ain't a cloud in the sky. You're like, "What are you talking about, sky?" Right. What led you to say that? Mm-hmm. Uh. Twitter, <laughs> dude, shut, stop. <laughs> right, but it also might, might be the case of I me. Mean, I know we're getting off the tangent of MK Ultra, but you know, like you said, we couldn't have planned what happened uh, or prepared ourselves for what happened a couple years ago or a couple of days ago. Um, so this is incredibly fresh in everyone's mm-hmm. mind and emotions and all that. But I think it's more more or less of uh, a comet coming down to Earth and smashing and colliding with us. I think it's more along the lines of a frog being boiled in a pot slowly and us not noticing it. Um, so I think that's a more, I mean, everyone on Twitter is like, yeah, the, the sky's falling down. Uh, you know, everyone's a zombie. Everyone's dead kind of thing. But I think it has more to do with uh, we're slowly being rotisseried around in a fire, and it just hasn't really hit us yet. And hopefully it won't. You know, hopefully our, you know, everything's good to go, and everything, you know, all you can really hope for is peace, right? Reconciliation. You know, that's all you can hope for, right? You, you hope for the country that you serve and love you hope that everyone finds common ground and comes together and is like, all right, let's stop this. But that goes back to my point with social media, right? That's not beneficial to social media, right? Because like it, their algorithms are, you know, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, whatever you want to call it, right? They're all designed to make you emotionally upset about what you're looking at, right? Because you like minus a video of a, you know, a kitten, whatever, like fluffing around, which, you know, even still, that's not going to make you uh, retweet or, you know, share it as vitriolic as, you know, whatever ideology you, you, you sit on, that opposing side of like, oh, look, this is the enemy, this is the Nazi, this is the communist, or whatever. This is the this is the enemy. That makes you want to just, post it, right? And like that, that social media feeds off that. Like it's it's so it's it, it's it's not good for our country. Like and like I said, like the, the CIA is a big part of it, in my opinion. Like I said, like, you know, you, you can look up uh, article in Politico um, that Politico is an extremely left-leaning publication, right? They publish this about CIA and FBI working for these news organizations, man. That they're they're doing this, man. That they got it pinned down. Yeah. Uh, so the article is. I'm gonna read you the the address. It's uh, Politico.com. Oh, here we go. You gotta be shit. It's on my phone. It doesn't want me to. It doesn't want to play nice. <laughs> so we're putting the the tinfoil hat on my phone right now. Yeah. Um, Did it work? No. <laughs> I'm, try, no. I'm copying the link. Here we go. 
because I can't see the whole link on my phone. Yeah, if you if you Google like all right, here we go. It's uh I love whiskey. www.politico.com slash magazine slash story slash 2018 slash 02 slash 06. John Bremer, James Clapper, Michael Hayden, former CIA media dash 216943. The link will be in the show notes. Um, and you can go and look at that yourself and read uh, how the intelligence organizations in America are uh, these these directors, these leaders are them leaving and going, which I think is weird because, like, you got to sign non disclosure agreements. You can't yeah. really talk about that stuff. Right. There's a right. lot. Of, you know what I mean? Like, there's stuff that's still classified for years after you leave. Right. Uh, so, so yeah, I, I've always had a little bit of beef with former military folks that you see uh, on there, and uh, and some of them listening to them, you're like, what are you saying, man? Because that picture that you're painting on that canvas about the organization that I am currently in yeah. <laughs> doesn't match what I'm seeing in the organization that I'm currently, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, it's just weird, but, um, but we I, are, I feel, I feel you. We're, we are tangent real quick. So, Hey, we're going to wrap this, uh, this show up. We got one more whiskey to go. Uh, we are drinking Elijah Craig toasted barrel. It's 94 proof this. Uh, so Elijah Craig is one of my favorite all time whiskeys fucking love this shit it's amazing so elijah craig was the alleged father of bourbon uh not probably not true a lot of stories around whiskey but right. uh and specifically bourbon but uh, uh probably, this, probably. it doesn't doesn't change the fact that this shit is amazing so this just came out uh this this year late last year and uh toasted barrel means that uh they actually cooked the wood before they charred the wood, so it just releases even more uh, tannic and vanillins and all this other kind of flavors and character into the whiskey. Were you talking about this on our one-day trip to Arizona? I think you might have been on the bus trip or something like that. Right? Probably. Yeah. I talk about whiskey a lot. <laughs> a lot. That's that's good shit. Oh, hell yes. All right. So let's uh, let, let's kind of let's kind of bring it around. Sure. Um, parting shots. Uh, so MK Ultra was a program designed around uh, mental capacity, uh, mind control, using various forms of psychological and chemical substances to uh, get somebody to speak. Right, the bluebird came from getting them to sing like a bluebird. Right. Uh, initially, so we could get you know captives and get them to tell us all of their secrets and glean information. That project quickly uh, fell off the rails and went into this weird realm of just bizarre behavior on the part of the CIA, where they uh, then hired uh, sex workers to bring people in sure. and the, the, test LSD on them without their knowing, right. and then weird dudes watching behind a double pane window drinking martinis uh you know and 20 years later we have Pornhub. hub a consequence i, I don't i don't think <laughs> I, I, coincidence not consequence coincidence that's what i was looking for but uh but yeah so there's, well, man, there's, there's no consequence either so yeah good. <laughs> <laughs> at the time um so there's all this and all this comes out and Again, I, I want to encourage everybody to go and do a little bit of digging. All these articles are going to be available to you. Read them all. Go top to bottom, front to back, uh, because there is so much more. We're, we're really broad stroking, and yeah. 
you know, did I did I miss anything, Jesse? I... No, I, I think my mind when I was doing this research uh, was going with some really weird areas, but I think I'll, I'll probably uh, leave them for another time if there's another time. So yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Like, I'm pretty uh, pretty passionate about. Uh, I, I think we're. It, they say that the the, the road of, of of hell is paved with the good or the the best of intentions, right? right. I believe that's what this was. I believe uh, the the road to hell is communism, but that's me personally, you know, in this time frame, um, and historically, from what we know of communist uh, regimes, what they do, their people, um, it's it's not good. I mean, like the in theory, it's it's awesome, um, but in practice, humans are too fallible. We, we can't. I don't think we can accomplish what communism uh, aims to achieve. So, I mean, like, I, I know, that, like I said, like, that's, that's where, like, that's where my mind is at, my headspace is at right now. Yeah. So. And that's understandable. Um, and we kind of touched on some of the events. Uh, the current date today, uh, the date that we're recording, it is the 9th of January, obviously, uh, 2021. The 6th of January, uh, 2021, will be a day that is uh, written down in history books. Yeah, uh, for sure. For sure. And I, I saw a, tic, uh, a TikTok I, I post actually up on, on Twitter, uh, on my on the the podcast page, um, where it's this guy sitting in his car and he just screams, <laughs> can we stop living through historical moments? <laughs> you know what I mean? That's amazing, yeah. Um, and and I, I, <laughs> I laugh so hard because I'm like, yes. This is this guy is saying exactly what I want because you know, uh, over the last course of the year, and I, I think right now we're we're seeing too, we've been dealing with uh, a crisis for a year, almost, and a crisis that is very foreign and new to us, yeah. and and we were already kind of in a state of doubt uh, when this this bug shows up, yeah. and and yeah. now we have to do things. Uh, that we've never had to do before, yeah. and uh, and and that leads to a lot of doubt, and the doubt has, on top of all the other social and crazy shit that has happened, I, it's been a hell of a year for us. Yeah. So another thing, I, like that my mind was like really focused on uh, that, like the, the, after like all this research and reading everything, like my, the pinnacle of it, for some reason, went. Are you familiar with the Maslow, uh, Maslow's uh, hierarchy of needs, the pyramid? Mm-hmm. Um, I believe if you look at that, just start from the top, like right now in your life, if you listen to this, like start from the top, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, the pyramid. And if you say no, go down to the next one below that. If you say no, go down to the next one on that. If you're at the bottom, right? If you're, if you say yes to that, then like we're, we're good for now. If you're, if there's people, do you think there's people in our country that are saying no to that bottom one? If there are people, regardless what side you think it is, um, it's, it's going to be, uh, Food, water, shelter, and just basic like you know warmth and needs, right? There are people that are, are facing that, you know, with evictions and um, you know both sides of the aisle. However you want to look at it, right? I think once we go past that precipice, um, I don't think there's any coming back. So, and, and so what we're talking about, so Maslow's pyramid, uh, pyramid of needs, at the very top, it's self actual self actualization, the desire to become the most that one can be. Yeah. And then it's esteem, respect, self-esteem, status, recognition, uh, strength, and freedom. The next one is love and belonging, friendship, intimacy, family, sense of connection. After that, it's safety needs, personal security, employment, resources, health, and property, right. psychological needs, air, water, food, shelter, sleep, clothing, 
and reproduction. Right. I think I think as a majority of us as a country, I think the bottom pillar is is met right now for the most part, right? But I think everything above that, because of COVID and everything that's happened this year, has been shattered. Other than your your immediate family, there's been like this interaction right now, which is deeply important. Um, on top of working and all that, right? Which a lot of people can't do, but you know, just go up that list and like COVID pretty much destroyed that, obliterated it, and it's uh, that I means it's terrifying. So man, it's like that's the pinnacle of like somehow MK Ultra went to Maslow's hierarchy and ease. I don't know how, but that's how my mind works. So yeah, that's it. Right on. Well, that's cool because I, I I was familiar, but I hadn't really taken the time to kind of read through the whole thing. And and you're right. I I would say. I think the 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 definitely the bottom one, maybe aspects of the the next one, and aspects of the one above that, the love and belonging we're getting, um, but the love and belonging is one of the things. I mean, that's one of the things that I've struggled with. Is I, I am a, a social creature, yeah, yeah, hardcore. Yeah. You know what I mean. Um, and I'm I'm an outwardly affectionate human being too. So uh, not only can I not see people, but I can't hug them. I can't you know shake their hand. I can't freaking be close to them. And that like that. I know I'm not the only human being like that. There's there's other folks that are like that. And that just is uh, my greatest challenge for the whole COVID-19 thing has been the, losing the ability to hug people. Right. Yeah. And it just I mean, like, sucks. I mean, that goes down the list, right? So feel like you don't feel safe. Like you feel like uh, there's an out, outward threat, if, whether or not it's the, the government and or the police or both or whatever you want to say, right? That totally annihilates that safety of needs, right? So you're, you're down to your last quarter, your last you know cent in your pocket. Mm-hmm. I need to go out to the street. I need to do something. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's why I feel like we're at right now. And it's like, I, I hope we can just like, someone can figure out how to build that pyramid back up, man. When you get back to self-actualization of creativity, um, like you're doing right now with this this show right here, which is uh, admirable. <laughs> I, uh, I like talking to people. And this has been a way to, to do that. And I like talking about uh, crazy, weird, fun stories. Oh, and yeah. MK Ultra is literally... 900 crazy weird fun stories hey can we agree how like badass the name is like mk ultra though it's like one of the most badass names ever though yeah trying to figure out why the name came about and who thought up the name like that's the person that i want to talk to because like you know it was what was gitlab after you like tripped the first name it's like yeah. oh man this is ultra mk awesome <laughs> <laughs> Gitlib, right. Sorry. Yeah. all right folks so uh so we're going to to wrap this up Although the extent of MK Ultra may never be known thanks to the deletion efforts of those involved, enough exists to validate the existence of a project that worked to manipulate and control the mind through narcotics and other holistic practices. Many of these projects were inspired by the information gathered from German scientists during Operation Paperclip, which we will discuss at length in an upcoming episode, maybe with Jesse. And it puts a practice on uh, willing and unwilling participants. The story when told in its entirety, resembles a far-fetched mystery thriller produced by Hollywood. But this was not a movie. This was action taken by a government, the organization uh, who had little oversight at the time. Uh, The action did, however, inspire movies to be made about it, which goes to show how absolutely crazy the whole thing was. Jesse, dude, thanks so much for coming on. Hey, man, thanks for having you. Now, I got to tell you, though, you're, you're not allowed to leave yet. So, guests on the show... Is there some kind of hazing? Like, did, uh, we, We're not allowed to use that word. Are you right? Yeah, I'm Yeah, sorry. no, we can't say that word. Uh, so, no, you're not. it's not hazing. Uh, but every guest on the show, uh, by coming on the show, you are subject to the final five questions. Oh, man. I, I'm in the hot seat now. Okay. Oh, you are in the hot seat now. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I'm going to tell you, if you overthink these, you're wrong. 
Don't overthink them. That's everybody overthinks these questions. Are they the same you questions keep, every time? Keep me in mind. Are they the same questions every time? Yeah. Man, I messed up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody didn't listen to the whole show. All right. I just listened to the first one that was there, man, about the anniversary. Damn it. The anniversary. Yeah, it was right after uh, the, the Hearn trip. Oh, and you're yeah, like, yeah. You're like a WTF, man. Yeah. I forgot it was our, yeah, it was the white whiskey birthday. Here we go. All right. So five questions. Super easy. Just spitfire. Answer as best you can. Oh, all right. All right. Don't think to don't overthink. Here we go. Yeah, I don't overthink. Question number one. Oh, he's shifting. Do you want the hat? Oh man, I need the okay, hat. Okay, he's putting on the hat. Here we go. All right. Question number one. Jesse Norris, what is your spirit animal? Turtle. <laughs> Fair. All right. What five items do you keep in your mental health first aid kit? Heck, what, what do you mean? Your what, mental health first aid kit. What is, that doesn't exist. I can't. I can't yeah. answer that. That doesn't exist. There's no such thing as a mental health first aid kit. Sure, there is. Mine are high proof whiskey, a phone, Star Wars, a mountain, and a hug. All right. So, so what five things do I need to feel better about right. something? Right. Mental uh, health is waning. What five things do you go to to, to get it better? Uh, death metal, uh, video games, uh, podcasting, freaking. Uh, Silly enough, ruck, ruck marching, just being outside in the woods. That's fair. Hiking's a big one. Um, and not wearing mask. <laughs> I uh, I get that. You know, I, like it's it's great. Yeah. yeah, I don't mind it outside, you know, in like public spaces, but inside, man, I hate wearing it. Yeah, I'm with you there. All right. Uh, so this might not apply because I know you're not a big whiskey guy, but uh, favorite whiskey or distilled spirit? Well, from, well, from tonight, probably, you know, Jack, for sure. All right. Yeah. Right on. Question number four. If you could know one truth about yourself, what would it be? Uh, what was the, the, the first, who was my first ancestor? Where did, I, where did I come from? Where was my lineage from? That's what I want to know. Nice. You know, there's like 23 and me and like a bunch of genealogy things. That doesn't, that just gives you percentages. Doesn't, I want <laughs> to yeah, know. No, I, yeah, I, I want to know the home, the freaking Neanderthal. Who was the first one? Yes. Who, who, who's the Lucy? Yeah, that's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Final question, my friend. Does history scare you? Current history does. Past history doesn't, of course. But uh, future history, I'm optimistic about. Even though I consider myself a nihilist, uh, but I consider myself uh, an optimistic nihilist. Because uh, most nihilism kind of gets a bad name as being uh, you'll self-sabotage things just because you're like, oh, it doesn't really matter. No. Try. Try, try to make things better. Best you can. Even if whatever. So that's the way I look at it. Like, I know at the end, it's not going to matter. You know, uh, th This whole entire ride of life has to end someday, right? It's not going to go on forever, right? We're go we're going to go back to nothingness, right? Eventually. Eventually, right? Where to we dust came from. we shall return. Right? But, uh, yeah. Right on. No, just try, try your best. Be a good person. Hell That's yeah. it, man. I like it. I like it. All right, brother. Thanks again for coming. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to Mr. Jesse Norris talk to me about the CIA program called MK Ultra. Uh, stay tuned for more episodes of Why Whiskey where we talk about the history of movies. We talk about the history of photography. Until then, my friends, be good to one another. We'll talk to you later. Cheers. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And as always, if you have any comments, questions, or would like to join me at the Bar Questionable Life Choices for an episode, Hit me up on email at whiskeyhistory at gmail 
www.thepowerofpositivity.com. Cheers.